0: It's warm in here because we got a full house in the studio for our four o'clock hour as we talk about charter schools like like we were saying earlier uh, last hour, we are going back again and again and again to talk about education, whether it's higher ed uh, but especially k12 ed and because we want to do right by our kids we the, the kids are our future this is what we do as adults is that we bring the younger folks along, and so that so we're 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 piercing through all of the different uh, uh, ideas of 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 education. And today we're talking about charter schools, and this is what the state of Pennsylvania says about charter schools. Charter schools were created to provide opportunities for teachers, parents, students, and community members to establish and maintain schools that operate independently. From the, exic- the existing school district structure as a method to accomplish the following improve student learning, increase learning opportunities for all students, encourage the use of different and innovative teaching methods, create new professional opportunities for teachers, provide parents and students with expanded choices in the types of educational opportunities that are available within the public school system, and be accountable for meeting measurable academic standards. And I tell you what, my English professor would. Would go crazy after that runoff sentence uh, because, and I'm dealing with educators all around the room. I'm going to uh, introduce you to them from uh, the, from the left of your radio dial to your right. We've got uh, Dr. Nick Viglione. He is the CEO of the Perseus House Charter School of Excellence. Welcome, Nick. Thank you very much. And uh, uh, we have uh, uh, Mark Zelensky He's the Chief Academic Officer at the Montessori Regional Charter School. Welcome, Mark. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: And we've got uh, Mr. Homer Smith. He's the Public Relations Director at Erie Rise Leadership Academy.
2: Thank you, Joe. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: And uh, I'll, uh, finally, again, as we go from left to right, Amy Harris, the Director of Student Support at the Robert Benjamin Wiley Community Charter School. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for being here, all. So let's let's go back to... Uh, uh, Nick and and Nick, uh, uh, this is a family show, so we want to kind of get a little bit of your story. Okay. And if you could just jump up into the mic here, and we have to share mics today uh, because we have a full house. But uh, did you grow up in Erie? You know, what high school did you go to? How'd you get to this position that you're in now?
3: Okay, uh, so sure, we'll take a trip down. Uh, my <laughs> memory, memory lane, lane here, absolutely <laughs> not a problem. I absolutely been born and raised here in Erie, started off in uh, in my education uh, in kindergarten at Grover Cleveland. I okay. learned my alphabet through the letter people that were um, taught way back then, um, mm-hmm. and then went into uh, my parents chose a Catholic education for me and moved in through the Catholic ranks and ended up at Edinburgh University, uh, originally in psychology and moved myself into working with... Um, Youth that has barriers uh, early early on. So my last, uh, since 1993, I've been working with kids that really, they they need additional attention. They need additional supports. And that's been the route that I've chosen. I went back and got uh, further education to become an administrator as a secondary principal. And then uh, eventually... Went, finished up my doctoral work in education leadership, and I've been with Perseus House since 1998. Started off there as a behavioral mental health counselor, actually worked at uh, Wilson Middle School uh, with the Erie City School District for a couple years, and then also ran their alternative ed program that was contracted through Perseus House, which, quite honestly, that's really what prompted the collaborative development of the Charter School of Excellence is the work that we did uh, pre our charter work um, in in collaboration with Perseus House and then the Erie School District. So the char- our charter school opened in two thousand and three, and the the charter was directly related to reaching students that had some sort of disconnect and or hiccup in their education, and we were a provider that that took a different approach to education, mm-hmm. which charter schools are, that's our mission. Our, our, mm-hmm. our goal as a charter is to do something different. And through that development, we created what's currently the Charter School of Excellence, and we've been in operation since 2003. And, and is there still
0: the other uh, programs in the schools uh, through Perseus House, or is that just kind of all morphed to the charter at this point?
3: No, we still, so if you think of Perseus House as a company, there's one arm of the branch, which is the charter school. Mm-hmm. The other arm of the branch is residential care, community-based programming, uh, weekend diversion programs. some um, uh, community resource programming, alternative educations, if, uh, I can't recall if I just said that or not, right. forgive me. So, you know, those programs are still in operation and our mission has not changed uh, in one bit, which is to move kids forward, both academically and social emotionally as well, move through any trauma and or behavioral hiccups mm-hmm. that get in the way, uh, try and overcome Uh, the various needs of offering different learning styles to our kids uh, uh, and really with the goal of when they leave our our school they should be ready to be contributing members of the community and um, that's been our charge from the beginning Mm. and um, certainly happy to talk about how we believe we're moving that forward and really working with some outstanding kids and individuals along with a staff that I've always got to give them credit um, for sure you know i've always said that there may be staff pat- staffing patterns out there that are um as good but i i would put ours up against any so that's true hopefully that gives you a little bit of a backstory to me and yeah yeah thank you
0: so much nick let's uh let's go to mark uh again mark uh eerie native or are you a transplant uh, no, I'm uh, from close by here in Union City. Okay,
1: was, I know you had a, a show not too long ago uh, with some Union City folks here, sure. And it was uh, refreshing to hear some of um, some of them. Now, speak. did you
0: run at Union City? Because running at Union City is like a big deal, like like cross country, cross country. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> so I was uh,
1: more of a track and field. Okay, um, there you go, and, and, and played football there at Union City, but mm-hmm. um, so very close here to Erie. Um, I ended up going to uh, Penn State for my degree and. You know, so at the Montessori Regional Charter School, you know, we had, um, um, you know, our method is is founded on on Montessori. Right. So going through college, we had very little information on Montessori. I think I remember taking one uh, philosophy class on Montessori and we had to put something together.
0: And that's it. It must have been interesting to go for an education degree in the midst of all those engineers. Right. I mean
1: it was it and was business people was. right yeah it was but um you know penn state has a robust um a robust uh, education program mm-hmm. and um you know there's alumni all throughout the states sure. and um, so I was really excited to go there so um, after that I ended up going to uh, Virginia to teach in a traditional uh, classroom so I taught fifth grade for for a little while and I ended up moving back to Erie because this is where home is sure. and, and home and family is really important to me so mm-hmm. um, I was happy to come up here and in 2007 I started at the Monastery Regional Charter School as a teacher. and. Um, you know, one of the things that Montessori teachers have to do is they have to get specialized training. So okay. we, um, as a teacher, I had to go to a, um, a training center, get specialized training on how to use the Montessori materials and learn more uh, philosophy and, and how to incorporate that into the classroom, which was so beneficial. And, and that's when I first fell in love with Montessori and just really um, had a true understanding of how, um, how the materials work and how the students learn by using those materials so coming back from the training center bringing all that information back um, i started in a 9 to 12 classroom so when i say 9 to 12 i say um i don't mean grades 9 through 12 i mean ages 9 through 12. okay gotcha fourth fifth and sixth um, grade which is you know um unique to the montessori philosophy Mm -hmm. so Um, With the Montessori philosophy right now, the way our our school is is structured, we have a kindergarten classroom, we have a first, second, and third grade, or we call that six to nine, and then we have a fourth, fifth, and sixth grade classroom, which um, is our upper elementary. So, uh, one of the misconceptions that is often out there is we don't have enough students to fill um, you know, particular grades. Why don't you have a, a fourth grade standalone classroom or a fifth grade standalone classroom? Yeah. Well, that's not the philosophy behind Montessori. It's it's more of a mixing up. It is. It is a a multi-age mm-hmm. grade grouping, which is really important to the philosophy, and mm-hmm. we um, are staying true to that philosophy, and that's one of the things that um, that we offer in the Erie area. That Montessori education that is truly different, as charter schools are set up to offer. So, sure. um, I'm really Excited to be back here in the area and um, you know working with Montessori.
0: Appreciate that. Thank you so much, Mark. Let's go to uh, Homer Smith now. Homer, are are you a native or just been here
2: forever? Uh, Drink the water in <laughs> 1972. You moved so. up in 72. Yes. Where did you grow up, Homer? I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Okay, uh, some 90 miles away. Uh, went to urban school, public schools, and then went to all boys. Uh, technical school, Hutch Tech in Buffalo, New York. And then I came to Gannon to uh, major in education. Started off as a math major okay. and uh, did uh, student teaching at Wilson Middle School and also uh, did uh, some field placements at the Erie County Prison and the old Model Middle School. Uh, mm-hmm. Once I finished Gannon, I got hired by Gannondale School for Girls and worked there for 35 years Is that right? as a counselor. Yeah and also got hired by Gannon University for so 35 years. I worked two full-time jobs, and I worked in the Act 101 program at Gannon as a, as a counselor working with disadvantaged students.
0: Okay.
2: So um, in that process, saw a lot of people who were coming through the criminal justice system, uh, juvenile delinquents, and in 2011, after I retired from Gannondale, um, joined Erie Rise as a school counselor and to work with young people to hopefully keep them out of the criminal justice system to uh, work with them so that uh, they saw the possibilities that were available to them and to show them uh, some of the unique uh, cultural things that were here in the area as well as the tri-state area. So with us being an extended day school, meaning we have a longer day, an extended year school where we have a longer school year, we start back, uh, mid-July and uh, do a, a component that's not a summer component, but our actual school will start around July 9th wow. and we will run through the middle part of August and then come back uh, right after the uh, uh, Labor Day break. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm also running an after-school component right now with the 21st Century. So my role has been uh, a, as a counselor, uh, also as our athletic director, uh, and also getting involved with the community and getting our students involved with uh, the various uh, rich resources that are here in the Erie and Tri-State area.
0: Absolutely. So
2: this is really kind of a, a second page for you. or yes, it is.
0: Yeah, I uh, mean, and, and of course, uh, uh, you know, uh, we know each other from Super Soul Weekend, from Super Soul sure. Saturday on uh, WERG all these years. Yes. How long has that program been going on?
2: well it actually started in
0: 1977 uh Wait, is that when it was on qln or even no, before it, that
2: it actually started as a part when harry hairston yes the, that yeah. group was there steve collins yeah and in 1977 while i was working again and mm-hmm. uh took on a every other weekend show uh bobby k who's passed away yeah. was our kind of our mentor and when he passed i became the Uh, Coordinator of the the program, we run a 33-hour block, and we work with schools like R.B. Wiley, like Erie Rise, to get that message out and Mm -hmm. that there's school choice. Uh, All of the students and pick that are out of school, their parents chose for them to come to our school. So we're we want to provide the best educational opportunity for them. We want to talk about that in a little bit.
0: Our our final uh, uh, person to introduce to you is uh, Amy Harris. She's the director of student support from uh, Wiley Community Charter School. So, are you a transplant or homegrown?
4: I'm a transplant. Okay, I am. Um, I was born in Altoona, but I grew up in Conneaut, Ohio. Okay, not too Mm -hmm. far. Not too far. It's real close. So back and forth. So you
0: went. You uh, graduated from Conneaut schools, then. Okay, Mm -hmm.
4: cool. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to Penn State. And graduated from Penn State. I ended up at Barron finishing up there. Um, not a major in education. Not a major. Okay. No. Um, public relations. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, life change. Things happen. And I ended up uh, working retail for a really long time. And so, as I got in, I started to substitute. I, I moved out of that. Took my buyout. Went Sears and you know yeah oh sure. Yeah. and I started to substitute teach and discover that I really 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 loved being around the kids yeah um, having a chance to interact and learn from them really because we learn a lot from the students as well um, and being a part of the school system and then having more information as I was in there about mm-hmm. some of the things that maybe could be changed some of the things that could be improved and having a real opinion other than being a mom about it um, led me then to look into being a part of a school permanently. Um, and I feel like I was led directly to RB Wiley. I've enjoyed the time, you know, because I wasn't from Erie. Yeah. I never got to know Mr. Wiley. Right. Um, but there, you know, I started there in 08, and there are still people who work there who knew him personally. And so getting to hear their stories about his benevolence, mm-hmm. um, not only that, but also he was a kind of a tough guy, I hear. Yeah. Ex- high expectations sure. for both staff and students. Um, so really understanding the mission, <clears throat> excuse me, from the people who knew him. Um, right. Because I was from Conneaut and I grew up in Conneaut schools, <clears throat> my experience was not urban education. My personal experience. So I did a lot of learning on the fly throughout this last 11 years that I've been there, um, but I feel like I didn't come with any preconceived sure. notions. <clears throat> I didn't have to unlearn anything. Everything that was happening, I was learning, you know, as as I was going uh, from good sources and from experience, um, and so. I have never really thought about leaving once since I got there. Sure, I feel yeah. really committed to the mission. Um, the community part is really what drives us. Um, creating the community, having the students understand that they're a part of a school community, and then a city community, mm-hmm. and then a regional community. You know, so <clears throat> and understanding what being a community member is, and. And how to be productive in that community, so it's a tall order I think sure. for all of us every yeah. day. Um, but that's that's my story. Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate. it. So we, we got uh, an introduction to everybody, and uh, now I really want to kind of drill down to at least you know maybe that the the mission statement that uh, primary mission. I'll, and I'll stay with with you, uh, Amy. What would you say that you know? What is the established mission? of the uh, of the R.B. Wiley Community Charter School uh, w- you know um, what what what's the distinctive that you guys hang your hand on it's K- K-8 right uh,
4: yeah we're kindergarten to 8th grade right. um, so in the mission statement it's, it talks about the community so and that's why it's in our title um, having <clears throat> being able to provide a sense of community not only for the students but for their parents so as with all of us a choice and I don't know. I, I, I suppose I, in my mind, compare it a little bit to <clears throat> long ago when government began. You couldn't just have a national government. You couldn't just have a federal government. They decided we needed state governments right. <clears throat> because region by region, the people of those regions needed different things. Yeah. So I think for charter schools and for us, you know, for the people who need a sense of community um, support in other ways than just here's a curriculum and here's some books and come to school from this time to this time and after that, you're on your own type thing. Yeah, I, b- I believe that that is the mission for our school. Um, sort of outside the parameters of the traditional, you're here for these many hours and you're not a problem outside of that is yeah. is our primary thing. We have programs that extend beyond the school day. We also have an extended school day, which is longer. Um, but we have a lot of evening programs that, that are for our parents and our families to join into, you know, we have an after school enrichment program for students, but we hold several events during the year. Like we just had PSSA family fun night where they come and write good, you know, well wishes for their students and have a snack and play a few games and have interactions with all the families and our families know each other as well. So because we have these events and times together, um, building the togetherness, it's a support system that that we're included in, but also then we bring everyone together. So even in the hours when maybe we wouldn't be available, they know other families within the school that they can count on. Um, One of the things that we did quite a long time ago, I think it's seven years now, um, we had Achievement Center come in and have a satellite in our building. We had more and more parents each year expressing that they felt that their students needed counseling in order to Help them get over or work through family traumas or neighborhood traumas, um, but that their transportation was limited and they were not going to be able yes, yeah. to drive them back and forth to counseling, you know, even once a week. Um, so we looked into it and we were able to have Achievement Center come in. We've had outpatient counseling in our school for seven years now. Um, we then because we have that, can collaborate with them. Um, the parents sign the releases and we can interact and everybody gets the information. And
0: kind of it, a continuum of care. Yes, right? and yeah.
4: other services are recommended and yeah. parents trust us. Um, I feel like that's one of the strengths that we have. I cannot tell you how many weekend phone calls I get mm. from parents saying, hey, Miss Harris, I just need to let you know that this happened over the weekend, can you check on so-and-so yeah. on Monday? thanks a lot, you know, we know that you love our kids, you know, type thing. And I'm not the only one who gets those phone calls, but I can only attest to my own personally. Um, And so I think trying to make sure that we carry out Mr. Wiley's vision of of stressing how important education is, um, and that it takes more than just a school employee to help encourage students to believe that, and families to know that, and for them to continue to seek out the education.
0: Appreciate that, Mm -hmm. thank you, Amy. Um, Homer, I got two minutes, but can we do a little, what's the distinctive that you would say for Erie Rise? One of the first distinctive
2: is that we're a gender-based classroom, Mm -hmm. indicating that our, our boys are in classrooms with one another, and our girls have separate classrooms. Uh, From K to eight, right? Yes, sir. Uh, Similar to uh, what Amy indicated, uh, leadership uh, part of our our uh, whole mantra is that uh, we're we're developing leaders. um, Looking at uh, our an extended day, which is separate from from most schools, uh, and an an extended year, uh, and then. We started with a small class. We started out as a K to four school, growing a year every year until our initial uh, concept was to go K to 12. But in 2014, uh, we capped at K through eight. So next year, 2019, 2020 would be the first actual graduating class to someone who's been with us from K all the way through eight. Uh, We've had our first graduate, three graduating classes prior to uh, this year, which will be our fourth graduating class of uh, eighth graders who graduate. Um, again, um, our technology, integrating technology, uh, every classroom student has access to a computer or to a uh, uh, notebook or notepad. Um, and then our after school programming through 21st century that's not just available to our students. It's available to anyone in the community. If you go to Strong Vincent, or Harding, or anywhere in the area, they can access that 3:30 to 5:30 program. Oh wow! Okay, and most people feel or think that we are a free uh, program. It's a free public charter school, mm-hmm. and transportation is provided to.
0: Today we're talking to representatives from four of the Eries, and, and that's that's all there are four. Uh, bricks and mortar charter schools here in Erie, correct, guys? And and so, um, uh, you know, so we've got the bricks and mortar uh, schools represented. Uh, Erie Rise Leadership Academy, Robert Benjamin Wiley Community Charter School, Perseus South Charter School of Excellence, and next on the docket is Montessori Regional Charter School. And uh, Mark Zielinski, uh, tell us a little bit about the distinctives. Uh, again, you kind of talked a little bit about that of just just teaching in the Montessori. Uh, manner is a is a big deal for you. It absolutely is, and you know
1: we offer um, the education through the Montessori philosophy, which is which is really important.
0: It's a and K through six. It's correct? a K
1: through six uh, school, absolutely. And like I said, our structure is uh, to follow the Montessori philosophy. We have uh, kindergarten classrooms, we have six to nine classrooms, and nine to twelve, which uh, Maria Montessori really believed in the multi age grouping. So. Montessori is unique in many ways, and one of um, you know a part of our mission is to really provide that superior Montessori education to the Erie community. It is a unique education, and we want to give families and students the option to um, allow their students to come to our school and um, experience that type of education. It's a education that's based on hands on learning. Um, students are really They really become independent, um, self guided in the classrooms, and it's really magical to see when it's happening in the classrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, When we take individuals on tours, that's really the best way to experience it. Um, You know, watching the classroom, watching a group of kindergarten students working on materials, working on multiplication, subtraction, addition, um, using those materials. They may not recognize that that's what they're doing at that point, but those. Um students are building those foundational skills. and it's uh, really, really exciting to watch and see as as um, they progress through the grade levels. And you know we we want to you know not only provide the the public Montessori education you know to our students in Erie, but we want to become, um, a, a really well-known public Montessori school throughout the nation, and there are only a handful of public Montessori schools in Pennsylvania, and um, it is it is um, you know, really important to us to become a leader in public Montessori education, and that's certainly a a um, the type of education we want to offer to the Erie region. We we certainly think it's unique and. Um, you know it's it's an option for families oftentimes there may be people who who move into the Erie region who are have been um, in a Montessori classroom environment before Mm -hmm. or their kids are coming in and they're looking for that type of education it's a very specific type so we're so excited to have those train teachers, so not only do our teachers have their uh, Pennsylvania certifications for teaching those specific grade levels, they have um, what's called an AMS, or American Montessori Society, credential as well. So uh, as I was saying earlier, they have to go back to school and get additional training on how to use those materials And then they deliver lessons in the classroom using those hands-on materials. And there's the two locations, right? We do have two locations right now. Um, We are at uh, 2910 Steritania, and that's our lower elementary campus. Mm -hmm. And then we have um, our upper elementary, which is at 606 Raspberry Street. So we are, um, um, we re- recently purchased a uh, beautiful property, um, 17.2 acres, it's, uh, we, are, we are so excited to be able to move all of our students into one campus location. So we're looking to consolidate both of our campuses. So we have a, a K through six school, everybody in, in, in one location, which, you know, Montessori, a, pop, a part of Montessori is really rooted in the um, environmental um, education kind experience. of getting outside and experiencing yeah. all that stuff absolutely you know. Um, you know getting outside experiencing nature learning um, mm-hmm. by exploring and that is you know something that we're so excited to finally have the opportunity mm-hmm. to um, use all the space that we have abil- available for our students and, and for our families, too. Um, today was actually um, spring cleanup day at our new campus location, and we had such a great response from our families. Yes. And um, there were a lot of people out there working, and it's, it's a really exciting time for us.
0: Terrific. Thank you for sharing Absolutely. that. Uh, uh, Dr. Nick Viglione, he's from uh, Perseus House Charter School of Excellence. Now your location is right downtown, correct?
3: That's correct, we have two, two facilities that we house our programs out of. One is at 1511 Peach, which is the leadership center for uh, students in grade nine through 12. And then we have two programs at level place on 13th and French. Okay. And we have a middle school six to eight grade program, as well as our skill center, which is grade nine through 12. Okay, so this is so this is after sixth grade to twelfth grade is what Year South's focus is on. Correct. Okay. So our students come to us from primarily uh, the the city of Erie, and about five to ten percent come from county schools. Okay.
0: If you said there was a distinctive, what would you call it?
3: The distinctive uh, for the Charter School of Excellence is we simply believe that there are no throwaway kids, and that our decision-making and everything that we do has to be in the best interest of our students. And with those two philosophical foundation points in mind, we've been able to build programming that meets students at their level of academic functioning, which is one primary distinction. So um, it's called the zone of proximal development, uh, meaning that you know, if you were to take a look at the achievement gap found in students, that gap starts to grow larger over time. So, our philosophy, um, keeping in mind that a majority, a significant majority of our students come to us. Below grade level, yeah, significantly. So, below is your grade is level. your goal because you're
0: the only one that has a twelfth grade in in this group here? Right. Your goal is to is to graduate
3: on time or within reason, or so. What I would guess you say. The, well, I would say number one, we have over 900 graduates that, quite frankly, many would not um, would have had difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that certainly that's our goal, and our goal is also to. Uh, support and enhance the the this pro-social development of our of our students as well, and really teach students to overcome barriers that they're that they're facing and build self-esteem and confidence. Another distinctive feature mm-hmm. of our programming, uh, really two distinctive features, is one for academics uh, aside from that instruction at the level that they're functioning on. So in theory, we could take a ninth grade incoming student that's functioning two, three years below grade level, move them up a grade and a half, which is more than the standard, but still behind overall. So right. our goal is really to move kids forward. That's that's yeah. our goal, and we believe that uh, evidenced by the graduates and you know we're, we're making that happen. Another major distinctive for us is the ability to offer safe, small learning environments that are focused on really soft skill development. You know, if you take a look and talk to folks around the community, such as Erie Together or the United Ways Educational Committee that met for some years, or the Policy and Planning Council's Community Action Plan, you know, all of the important pieces of those particular groups we're also meeting through our workforce initiative which is basically providing students that many who come from poverty the ability to earn money um, as an example we've chose to hire our students as our maintenance mm. department as opposed to adults right so you know that's a provided lots of opportunity and growth both internally self-esteem as well as needing to meet academic requirements to even to maintain that. So, you know, a lot of what we're up to really has to be uh, grounded in an individually based application towards student development. So I think those are some of the ways, you know, certainly community involvement. Sure. We have a parent advisory board that, mm-hmm. that we meet with that helps guide our way. And, you know, quite honestly, I think when you Take a look at the the website. I would encourage you and your listeners to visit our website. There's some videos that specifically talk about state expectations. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear our students, uh, a couple hundred of them, uh, through a, 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 a panel discussion similar to this. Um, you'll hear them. You'll see some of the graphic arts work that's been done. Um, you'll be able to see some of the videos that our kids have made, which is how cool is your school, yeah. which they won um, some okay. c- a year or two ago. So really, the, the whole intent is to provide a community where kids accept one another, understand where they're at academically, and together we move it forward. That's, that's in a nutshell what our focus is on.
0: We're talking to our friends uh, representing charter schools here in Erie. If you have a question, we have our phone lines available at six seven nine ten eighty. We we just got to the first uh, two questions here, but uh, we're at our last fifteen minutes. So I want to keep moving forward uh, and and talk about uh, this this concept of parent choice because uh, the, you know when the charter school uh, when the charter school charter when the legislation came down. My understanding was that is the reason why uh, that, uh, you know, the primary reason for charter school. So somebody grabbed that question, you know, talk about parent choice and, and how that plays out in your context.
2: Anyone? Okay. Speak on the floor. Erie Rise. Uh, the majority of our students um, have come through the Erie public school system and Again, it's a, a parent's choice on um, where they send their child, whether it's to a parochial or public school or a private school or cyber school. And many of them have gone through Erie Public School and have made a choice that this is a better environment for their child. One-on-one contact with the various support systems that are in place, the wraparound services of having a special education program, of having Title I services. As I say, the IU comes to
0: area, I mean, you you get all the services uh, available to you, correct? Uh,
2: all the services are available to you. We have some that are there that are part of our staff. We have mm-hmm. speech, speech. Uh, we have okay. our own uh, school psychologist that's there. Gotcha. We have a special education staff, our Title One staff. So all those services are available, and if there's specific uh, services that need to be provided we can access those through IU5. But but talk about the, the parents. What are some of the conversations
0: you hear from the parents? I mean, obviously you were right. saying, Homer, that uh, this kid just did not
2: thrive in the public school s- scenario. It could be a variety of situations. Yeah. They, they didn't feel that child was given the one-on-one attention that they need. Uh, the different learning style. the kid might, can't sit still in the classroom right. and needs to stand up and move around. So, it could be, though, that right. they just
0: wanted to choose, right? right. I mean... Part of this is, is just empowering families, is it yes. not?
1: Right. Go, go ahead Mark Absolutely I think empowering families and giving them the opportunity of um, school choice is is really important especially in our in our region and, and across the country it's right. it's um, you know charter schools are across the country and you know we're not different here in Erie so the opportunity for parents to have a choice is, is really important. Yes. you know some parents don't have the opportunity to um, you know Maybe afford a, a private school education and in, in charter schools being public schools. And you
0: used to be private, right? Wasn't it Montessori? Montessori it was, a yes. it was a private years school. Ago. It was a private school.
1: It was a private school. So now we are going into our, I think it's our fifteenth um, or ending our fifteenth year, and um, starting an, another five year charter here in July. So it is, um, you know, offering them that. Um, it is really important, and giving them the choice of the type of education that they want their child to have mm-hmm. um, is really important. So you know, everybody here has is offering a, a unique style of education, but you know, for us, it's that Montessori piece of education that is so um, is so meaningful throughout the entire country, and and it is a it is a really special type of education that. Um, A lot of parents really look for, and 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 they want that opportunity to have have that choice. And you know, sitting in sitting in rows, you know, in in a traditional type of a classroom is is not for every child. So Mm -hmm. having having other opportunities is is um, I think really important for parents. Amy, weigh in, yeah. Yeah.
4: So so going back to what you originally started with, if there was not a need and the sponsoring districts didn't feel there was actually a need, we would not have had our charters approved in the first place. So I feel like at this point in time, you know, we're looking at, it's not whether it's needed or not. It's, it, we, that's already been decided. And so I do a lot of the enrollment and recruitment for my school. Um, and generally what the parents who are moving from, from the neighbor, from the school district to us, um, are wanting a little bit more individualized attention, like Homer was saying, but also looking at um, being able to be more a part of their children's education. So feeling alienated in a bigger district. And that is not a criticism of ours particularly, but in any bigger company, district, government, it's harder to be seen and heard. Um, And they, what they are telling me that they like about our school is that They can call anytime, they can get a hold of someone, they can come in and have a meeting, they can be a part of what's happening with their students' education. Um, The individualized attention as far as what the parent feels like they need to be heard to be um, a good parent for their student happens. Um, Another thing that they really talk about when they're enrolling their students is the feeling of community for us, um, the activities that are available, that the um, technology that's available, and the changes that they've seen. And so we have a lot of our parents referring um, other parents saying, over the years, okay, we started here, but look at how many things we've added yeah. you know, at the school and things that are improving. And I think just the feeling of being involved and being able to be heard and having someone to go to is Probably the thing that I hear the most Mm -hmm. um, from the parents, not only in the social aspect of school for their students, but also in the education part. Um, So their academic concerns for their students are being heard as well. I mean,
0: I think I think as as adults, as community members, we have to remember that this is a hugely personal uh, decision for the families themselves now I would think uh, Dr. Nick uh, probably some of the some of the students you have they really do need to go to the environment that you're in I mean because of behavioral or some of the traumas that they've had right
3: well keep in mind you know that's uh, uh, we have lots of great kids that just want something different okay. so I, I want to okay. be very clear that well and that's good to it, know it's, yeah. it's more than that although yes. that could be a piece of it. Uh, for me, when you talk about school choice, it's very, it, it's very, it's, it's no different than somebody going uh, it, it, to equate it to somebody going to a job interview. Not only are you looking to see if the company wants you, but you also have to have a good fit with the company. And it's, and it's really in that same mindset. So from my perspective, there's, you know, just because uh, uh, we're a charter school does not mean that were, that the, that the sending school districts are not doing their part, right. you know, okay. I, that also gets in the way very mm-hmm. often. And I want to make sure that that's, that's, that's not my perspective. My perspective is it's about fit and it's about where does somebody thrive at? And when, you know, you work together um, and really focus on that alone. Yeah. Then it's really what's in the best interest of the child, what's in the best interest of the student, and it comes down to right fit, and that's what for me that's what school choice is really about.
0: But we have to be clear here we we've had some antagonism antagonism sure between go. districts and the charters uh, for whatever reason. I I, I you know Montessori has been uh you know in the news a lot right uh you know with with the mill creek district Uh, but like but like amy said you wouldn't have gotten the charter in the first place if there was if it wasn't a need right i mean do you want to respond I, I, i i okay uh yeah
1: no, I think um, you're absolutely right. We we have been in the news a lot, and you know something that we really want to do. Um, and I think you know I I don't want to speak for everybody in here, but I think we all really want to build positive relationships yes. with our with our districts, and yeah. we have been you know working really hard um, at, at Montessori, um, working with our with both Mill Creek and Erie, um, building those uh, positive relationships and going forward. And You know, we've had, um, you know, those relationships are are continuing to be built, and we've had really good conversations. And, um, you know, those, I see it as those relationships are going to continue to get stronger as we go forward. We're down
0: to our last
2: five minutes. Go ahead, Joe. Even with our graduates that we've had uh, in the last three years, some have gone to collegiate, some have Mm -hmm. gone to Erie High, some have gone to the Skills Center, Mm -hmm. some have gone to PrEP and Villa. So it's a family choice even after they leave the eighth grade, after they leave Montessori in sixth grade, where they go, Mm -hmm. after they leave our Benjamin Wiley. There's still a parental choice on what's best fit for those students.
3: So Can I respond to something that you had mentioned? Because you you had mentioned the antagonist. So let's let's, uh, part of the part of the issue also when you talk about school choice and the fact that charters are public schools is the money right of course that's that's part of the conversation it has to be part of the conversation my perspective would be take a look at the funding in general and therein lies the root of the of what is the is the cause um quite frankly the monies that charters are getting it depends on how you look at it you could say it takes money from the school or does it just follow the student so they get the best education that's a good fit for them. Right. Right. So, you know, it depends on what side of the coin you're looking at that from, and that's not gonna be resolved in our two minutes sure. you yeah, know, we have left. left. Right? <laughs> um, but, you know, therein lies the issue. I think it's yeah. very evident when you're, when you, especially at a charter school, because we have kids that come from various districts. Mm-hmm. I could have five students sitting right next to each other. And if you look at the dollar value associated to the kids, depending on what district they come from, one kid is worth X, mm-hmm. the wow. person right next to them is worth a different dollar amount. Sure. And all five of those kids could have different funding uh, amounts. So it's just uh, kind of all goofed up. Yeah. And quite yeah. frankly, you know, this is uh, we are uh, obviously in the conversation yeah. because in the big picture, it looks as it's, there's money being withdrawn. Right. And um, when used correctly, charter schools can be a good ally to the school districts. And we believe that's been our relationship and our purpose since the onset
0: yeah we we really are down to our last two minutes and i want to talk about this concept that we uh we have some full situation every once in a while we are going to a lottery that there are there is higher demand for what you all have to offer than what you're able to supply now are your caps based on facilities or are they actually like codified in the charter of how many students you're allowed to have
2: Rise rises in our charter. I think twenty-five okay. is our cap, and then each it, each classroom, each right? classroom. And if it yeah. goes over that, then there has to be a second okay. uh, certified teacher. Gotcha. So it is. It's part of the charter for all of you. Well, um, for
3: us, it's more. It's not necessarily in the charter. Although we're right size, we have no. Yeah. We we we've been at the same size for the last few years, and we're at a good fit at around five hundred and seventy-five.
0: Uh, how about you at Montessori? Are you capped out?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, we, we don't have a cap in our
1: charter, but, you know, it is about, as, as uh, Dr. Nick was saying, it is about right size for mm-hmm. us. And, you know, we have uh, we've accepted around 120 student, 20 students uh, in kindergarten. Um, that's uh, what we've been accepting the last few years. And we do uh, certainly have a, a wait list at all of our other grade okay. levels.
0: Homer, I did I do need to ask you based on what happened last night at the school board, did you want to make a comment about the school um, sending that the notice of Not uh, dechartering we or
2: Well, again, there's a process that will take place. There'll be a public hearing and our attorney, our solicitor will take uh, lead in that that process, so That's something that's going to take place in the next 30 to 45 days. All right.
0: I appreciate that. Okay. So last minute, uh, you know, uh, everybody's got a website, I would imagine. Right. Mm So just Google uh, Erie Rise, uh, Wiley, RB Wiley, Perseus House and Montessori. Actually, Google
3: the charter school
0: of excellence Uh, or charter (laughs) school of excellence. There you go. And, um, I just I just appreciate you guys sharing your your stories and again we could only do so much in an hour here with with four folks but uh, I think we got a good taste of it and again it's about the children it's about doing right by the kids because they are uh, I, I like to say they are our future, but they are actually our present. They really are, uh, you know, contributing to uh, where our community is going. So thank you so much for giving up your time and, and educating our listeners here on the program. I want to welcome to, uh, to the microphone Allison Judd. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, This is a a family show, so uh, we'd like to get origin stories. Did you grow up around here or you transplant somehow?
5: I am a transplant. I grew up near Newcastle.
0: Okay, not too far away.
5: No, and when I was in high school, my family moved to Central Ohio, where they still are, and I came back to Grove City for college. Mm Mm-hmm. And married a Western Pennsylvania boy.
0: Okay. (laughs) And you guys are here. So, Mm -hmm. and and so Allison, you're here, you're, you're a homeschool mom. Also, uh, you're well informed on this national, what screen, what is it called? Screen free week. Screen free, boy, that's, we'll say it 15 times and Mm -hmm. I'll still won't get it. But I do want to, I want to ask you about homeschooling because again, I think we, we left this uh, conversation last hour with the charter school officials mm-hmm. about, you know, focusing on parental choice that it's about the parents making the choice that's best for their children. And, and so you've chosen you and your husband have chosen this. We're going to be a homeschooling family. Can you just kind of where that, where'd that idea come from and how did that format in your, in your life there?
5: That is an interesting story. So I am a certified teacher by trade So went through college, a big supporter of public education and all, all of that. And then we got married and had children. And then this three-year-old child walked up to me and slapped my knees with a book and said, teach me to read. Mm. So we did. And by the time, she has a late September birthday, so by the time she would have been eligible to go to kindergarten, she was reading The Hobbit. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> not
0: even a picture book.
5: Mm, yeah. And I said, I'm not inflicting you on some poor, innocent kindergarten teacher. Mm-hmm. It, it would be appalling for the poor, innocent kindergarten teacher. So, and we also realized at that time, my husband is the pastor of a church, and our schedule is just bizarre. There are late nights, there are weird days off, and none of them are the days off that match a school calendar. Right. And we realized we'd have a lot of flexibility. Yeah, when when kids
0: are on spring break, Mm -hmm. when you work in the church world, it is the biggest (laughs) moment of your year because you're getting ready for Easter.
5: It is. This week...
0: Shady and I both worked in the church world business.
5: Yeah, (laughs) this week is crazy. For us, so... His day off was Friday.
0: And okay. unless
5: we took that day off with him, we were never ever going to see him. So that's how we got started. And when the right. second one came along, we we just kept going. And then at that point, uh, we all loved it so much that there wasn't, we weren't stopping. So right. the older one, has graduated. She's a sophomore in college, and the younger one is a junior now in high school.
0: Do you think that uh, because you're a certified teacher that that kind of uh, is 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 kind of an extra, you know, bullet in your chamber, if you will? I mean, I mean, yeah. again, there's plenty of homeschool parents that have never, you know, been anywhere near education, mm. but and they still do a, a fine job. But for you, it probably helped.
5: I would actually argue that it it hurt. (laughs) Okay,
0: now let's unpack that.
5: (laughs) Yeah, honestly, because we did we ended up doing school at home. So I we had a very structured, very scheduled environment. We, you know, we sat at desks and we started Uh, people who aren't part of the education world aren't bound by all Mm. of that they don't have that baggage Mm -hmm. so statistics have shown since we started taking statistics on homeschooled kids that kids homeschooled kids whose parents do not have teaching certificates actually score a couple percentage points higher on every standardized measure and and have from the beginning that's
0: really shocking yeah
5: yeah, yeah. I, because so, I think they're free yeah. to explore. Okay. They're free. They they aren't bound by these these educational models.
0: The construct.
5: Yeah, so they they just explore and find out what works for their kids. Wow. So I I think my kids would also argue that it hurts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, we're we're talking to Allison Judd. She's a homeschooling mom. All right. So, what would you say is the most misunderstood thing about being? Uh, being homeschooled,
5: the most misunderstood thing. Uh, because you
0: know what I hear all the time. Well, they're not properly socialized. Not
5: socialized. Oh, I hate that one. <laughs> I definitely hate that one. Because homeschooled kids are around people of all ages. They're they're used to being around little children, grandparents. They encounter people of all ages all the time. They they are. Uh, able to look you in the face and have a conversation in ways that a lot of kids are not they're involved outside the home in tons of activities mm. that keep them really socialized that that's one of our least favorite uh, my, my younger daughter actually had a hairdresser ask her one time if she missed having friends. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, this is the most social kid on the face of the planet. Wow. Yeah. So it it just kind of cracked her up, especially the way it was worded. Do you miss having friends? Well, yeah. Well, what makes you think I don't?
0: Did Did you have a lot of questions from your friends, though? Uh, you know, saying, "Hey, you, you know, are you getting the getting the girls ready for school?" And you said, "Oh, we're going to keep them home."
5: Um, our church was very supportive. As uh, our families were very quiet. Okay. They didn't say anything one way or the other until the results started to come in and and the evidence started to mm-hmm. show and they they've been very supportive since. Once in a while we have a question and and unfortunately because I do have that teaching certificate they'll they'll use that. Oh, well you're a teacher. So it's somehow okay for okay, you. Right. Where it's it that wasn't a factor in our decision-making mm-hmm. the fact that i although in pennsylvania it does make it easier on me
0: right now uh, you still have to um, we we homeschooled for a year like mm-hmm. i like i was telling you off mic and we you know for my oldest we had to create a portfolio and present that to a sort certi- so you're able to handle that yourself because you're certified or? i
5: actually don't have to do any of that okay they my girls are not under the law, they're not considered to be homeschooled. They're considered to be privately tutored because, because you. I are. have a teaching certificate, so that is that so, is a,
0: a nice leg up. It is.
5: Think? They, but there's actually a clause in the law that I have to be. Uh, I have to be paid for it. So my husband puts money in a retirement account for me
0: (laughs) that's awesome
5: yeah so so
0: you have your own 401k i
5: I do and they are so they're
0: 403b because we're talking about teachers
5: right so they are considered privately tutored so they we don't have a lot of the same strictures okay
0: wow well that's interesting Mm -hmm. uh we're talking to allison judd she's a homeschool mom if you have a question for her or any of our conversation today 679-1080 679-1080 and uh um, you know, uh, the you know what we appreciated about that year of homeschooling is that, you know, if we wanted to do science, we could go to the um, the Heinz, you know, Science Center or not not the Heinz, but the Pittsburgh Science Center, you know, down. Uh, what is it?
5: Carnegie. Uh, Carnegie. Mm-hmm. Excuse
0: me. Sorry. Uh, you know, and, and, and really do it up, you know, because. That of that flexibility and because, you know, we were custom paying tuition, we were sending the private schools, you know, that there was a little bit of a uh, little bit there there mm-hmm. to pay for the trip to Pittsburgh, you know. And so I would imagine that's part of your life of just kind of getting and like embracing some of the things in their natural state.
5: Oh, yeah. It, it gives them a lot of opportunity to explore their passions mm-hmm. to get really deeply involved uh, sir ken robinson has done a lot of ted talks on education and he's talked about he calls it education's death valley and i see what he means where he said you get a kid interested in a subject and then an hour later a bell rings and they have to move on they have to put all of that aside and they have to move to the next thing and then a bell rings and then a bell rings and he says you know, life just doesn't function this way. They get a mm-hmm. chance to dive deep into whatever they're interested in and stay there for a while. Right. And, and if the whole day is science, that's fine. We'll do math tomorrow. Tomorrow, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And we could do math, you know, after the dishes, you know?
5: Yes. Yeah. Or Maybe. before breakfast or, before or breakfast. whenever. Yeah. So. We should try
0: to do history before breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, you, you know, so, so, So when your daughter, who had graduated and and started applying to university, talk about that, uh, uh, how that all went.
5: That was actually a very smooth process. Almost every school we talked to has admissions counselors set aside specifically for homeschooled students. uh, Harvard actually has a recruiter specifically going after homeschooled students because they tend to be... They tend to be self-motivated because they've had to. They have to learn on their own at home. A lot. I mean, by the time we got into high school, I'm just a mentor. Mm, I make -hmm. the assignments, uh, and I'm here to help you. But your responsibility is to get through. Get through the schoolwork. Did you do anything
0: with the co-op at all? We
5: did. Yeah. We there is a small one here that we were involved with, and. Actually, not in Butler County. When we when we lived there, it was too little, too remote. But here we have done that. Yeah. And uh, so they were very eager to talk to her in in all cases and said that they the homeschooled kids tend to be very successful in college. They're they know how to they know how to work hard on their own, manage their own. They they know what they're passionate about. So, uh, yeah, it was very they had no problem talking with us and we had no problem in fact uh her test scores were so good she got a really excellent scholarship so that really helped
0: oh that had to be (laughs) that had to be a big help big help we're talking about you know kind of uh different routes for education other than public and private we had uh our conversation with our charter school friends uh from the bricks and mortar charters here in erie county uh they were in the four o'clock hour and now we're talking to a homeschool mom and uh uh her name is Allison Judd and welcome uh Allison to the program here as we kind of uh, get just you know this is one slice mm-hmm. of uh of approach I, I have friends that you know raised all their kids as homeschool kids and like like you say they're very well engaged in in college and and beyond now mm-hmm. um and uh you know there's a uh, you know, they're, they're, they're leading lives. So that, that parental choice thing, I want to come back to that for a second. The, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have friends that public school, Mm -hmm. private school, you know, I mean, what, what, what do the folks talk about? You know, what do you, what are some of the conversations that you get into?
5: Uh, well, they have a lot of questions about, uh, typically the comment starts I love that you've chosen to do that, but I could never. Right. And of course, my my reply is, well, someone taught your child to talk and <clears throat> tie her shoes. And you are your child's teacher. You're your child's first teacher. So uh, we had the easier route in that we started right from the beginning. I, the people I really admire are the ones who pull their children out of school because they're already accustomed to yeah. that environment And they haven't looked at mom or dad as primarily a teacher Mm -hmm. up to that point. So it can be a really difficult transition. So we we get that a lot. The other question we get a lot is, do you get to do school in your pajamas? (laughs) The answer at our house is no,
0: you do not. (laughs) You know, uh, one of the things that occurred to us, you know, in the middle of our experience is that, you know, you know, when we. Do send our kids to school, they they actually have something to do for six hours, like like, mm-hmm. and then that frees us from doing something mm-hmm. in six. You know, there is that that is that is missing in your life, right? You know, it somebody is. else watching your kids for six hours.
5: It is uh, the custodial
0: we, part of this thing.
5: The, you're exactly right. So we learn to do life together. There's no hiding. The, the bad days, the ugly days, the bad hair days, we live them all together mm-hmm. and it has made us extremely close as a family. We, we wow. really value our time together so
0: how was it when you launched uh, your daughter to college
5: it was very difficult
0: oh, i was gonna say <laughs> how many tears were shed there
5: oh not not there so many but almost the whole way home yeah yeah just it was it was devastating to the younger to the younger one Um uh, mm-hmm. my daughter my Sister and I were not that close mm-hmm. when we were in school. These two really are because they they grew up together. They went through yeah. school together. They've done everything together. Twenty four
0: seven, pretty yeah. much. Yeah,
5: yeah, right. exactly. Wow. So was
0: I, was, hard. I was thinking, you know, uh, it it didn't really, you know, I'm sure we had cry we had cries when we sent our oldest, and it, actually each one we've had cries bringing them to the dorm. But when it really hits you is when you sit down at dinner
5: mm-hmm. and
0: they're missing yes
5: yes because we had that was a priority for us yeah. everyone sits down at the table for dinner and and we unpack the day and we check on each other highs we're and lows highs and lows and and when that one is missing oh yeah
0: yeah oh my gosh all right yeah we we're gonna keep it together here it's uh, 23 after five well because i now I'll, i my mm-hmm. oldest are launched my, my youngest is in school, you know, she's she's killing it. Too. She's doing great. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's 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 empty nest time at the Natalie house. Uh, I want to I want to pivot to this uh, screen free week. What do you know about it? I know nothing about this other oh. than that. We did it back in the day. You know? Yeah.
5: Well, it still exists. Okay. National screen free week is uh, April 28th to May 5th. So it is coming up and that was a huge priority in our family when the girls were young and we still have one television in our house. It is never turned on until late in the day. Uh, We are very deliberate. That was part of our homeschooling choices. We wanted to live deliberately. We were we were not aiming at getting through the terrible threes we were trying to raise adults and and part of our commitment in doing that was really being wary of screen time so we started getting involved in screen free week years and years ago and doing research on it i've done presentations on it at our church and other places uh, because it's a big concern The, the the structure the physical structure of the human brain is actually changing we we are Pardon the phrase. We are making ourselves dumber. So we used to be concerned way back when, when we were in school, when mm-hmm. you and I were in school. We there was um, TV free week, right? And now it's shifted to screen free week because mm-hmm. our screens follow us around everywhere we go. And we used to be concerned about our attention span shifting. We used to be concerned about the two minute brain. And we're now concerned about the 10 second brain oh, wow. that we, we actually are approaching a point where we have a shorter attention span than the average goldfish.
0: <laughs> That's a shocking <laughs> statistic.
5: It really, it is alarming. It was mm. alarming to us because, uh, Twenty-nine percent of babies under the age of one will watch an hour and a half of digital programming in any given day, and and the American Pediatric Association recommends nothing, no screen time at all until they're over two. Yeah. So we we're starting early, very early.
0: You know, it, when we've talked to the um, psychologists and you know the educators on this show, mm-hmm. um, the what always comes back is this technology piece Mm -hmm. causing uh, depression causing anxiety and and uh, it's 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 truly uh, uh, a nemesis for some of these children and it's just that it's going unchecked
5: it is and that so we're not we all all four of us have smartphones Mm -hmm. we do have a tv in our home that has netflix and amazon prime and dish you know, access and all of that stuff. We we have laptops and it's not that we're anti-tech. We love, I, I love the convenience of it. I love a lot of the things that it provides us. What I don't love is the fact that we have never stopped to question just the sheer amount. And I'm not even talking content. I mean, mm. content is its own Ball game, the the objectionable stuff, the violent stuff, that's that's a whole different conversation. I'm just talking about sheer volume of what we're taking in in a day. And in a way, our, our kids actually are struggling at times because their peers were just raised in this digital. So we went to Houghton to um, where my older daughter goes to school to pick her to to visit her. Drop something off. We stayed for dinner. So the four of us are seated around a table, just like at home, and we are laughing and talking. And it dawns on me after a little while that we're the primary noise in the room. Yeah. And I looked around, and a- almost every other student that I could see. Was on a smartphone. Whether they were seated with other people, which usually they were, it's pretty rude when
0: you think about it. (laughs) And I'm thinking,
5: well, there's a human being right in front of you. Yes. Interact. There's a there's an opportunity for conversation, and I realized that a few of them were staring at us. And well, you know, this is what people do. We have conversation and we laugh together. So,
0: Allison, we're down to our last minute. Mm -hmm. What what should a parent do to participate in this screen free? Okay,
5: so you go to screenfree.org. OK. And you can decide whether to uh, take a complete fast one week media fast. You can you can cut down. You can say only emails that re- apply to work or school mm-hmm. research. You know, I have a paper. Mom. OK. You can Google that. You can decide You know how to limit it. But uh, I would encourage everybody to try. Try at least a one day media fast and see how much it hurts. And then then we start to ask ourselves the question, what am I really doing with yeah. the time that I have?
0: Wow. Wow, Allison Judd, um, it's, it's amazing that, it, that it's that is it's one of these things now that we have to be therapeutic about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yes, we're going to recognize a week, but we really have to think about this long term. What are we doing? When did you uh, when did the girls uh, earn a, a cell phone? That's a big conversation piece. Yeah,
5: closer to the time when they were going to be out on their own or driving, that kind of thing. Uh, I think the younger one did have hers a little earlier just because it was probably one of those you know, buy to get yeah, to type of more of the deals. deal. Um, but they are both extremely deliberate about theirs. Uh, Caroline will put hers on. Do not disturb at night when she goes to sleep and her friends are, are amazed. They can't. Under, what do you mean that I can't get in touch with you at midnight or two o'clock in the morning? Oh my
0: word. So, yeah, sleep. They're careful. Sleep, sleep
5: children. It's time for sleep.
0: <laughs> and again, it, this this is. This is not just the homeschool mom saying this. No. this. is This is the psychologist. This is the educator yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. You. Thank you so much, Allison Judd, for uh, for get, get, getting that little slice of your life. Yeah, I'm, thank I'm, you. Ex, I'm excited to know a little bit more about you and your family.